1: and current events from a biblical perspective
0: 2020 on vision well we all might know that prison chaplains do amazing work with prisoners and the number of prisoners who find faith in god is astounding Now, it's not unusual for prisoners to feel forgotten, and that's made prisons fertile ground for love, faith and support through the work of prison chaplains. Well, let's check in on the life-transforming work of a prison chaplain. Sean Marsh is a prison chaplain in Queensland with Carinity Inside Out Prison Chaplaincy Service, an outreach of Queensland Baptists. Sean's joining us. Hey, Sean, welcome along to 2020. Hey, Neil, how are you going? I'm really well. Hey, Sean, sometimes people don't really recognise just how often people are finding God in prison, but this this is the real thing, isn't it? This is happening all the time.
1: Yeah, it does. It
0: does. It would be nice to see it happen a little bit more often, but yes, it certainly does. One of the things I'd love to explore with you, Sean, because you are a prison chaplain, is this way that love moves from the chaplain... Uh, into the life of prisoners who are often, you know, in their whole life experience, have never experienced love, and so the love of God is something that's, that's new. How do you talk about love when you're working as a prison chaplain?
1: Um, what I do is just listen. The best, the easiest thing for a chaplain to do, and part of our role as pastoral carers, is just to listen, is to listen to their story. Um, don't think about your own story and try and interject and and cut into the conversation all the time. But I would just like to listen to them and just show them that there are people who care. Um, One of the most fruitful days I have every year is Christmas Day. I actually, the last four years, I've, I've gone in on Christmas Day. I'm not rostered on, but I go in and I just spend time with the guys and just appreciate and just love on them. And they ask me questions like, why, you know, why are you here? why aren't you with your family? And and then I'd simply say, well, because I can, I can appreciate how difficult it is for you today. You're away from your family. I can still go home to mine this afternoon. But you guys, I appreciate, are here in a, in a difficult, difficult environment. And we just care. And, mate, the difference that makes is unbelievable. There's guys that I have that haven't spoken to me for years. You often get ignored. They don't want to talk to the chaplain. It's not cool. It's not tough, all that sort of jazz. But, mate, I had one guy actually after it, two years ago and he actually spoke to me on Christmas Day and it was, I was blown away. And from that time on, he, he started talking to me. It was awesome. Sean,
0: you've never been a prisoner yourself. In fact, to be a prison chaplain, uh, one of the things is you can't have any criminal convictions. But what is it that connects you with the work you're doing working with prisoners? Um.
1: Uh. Probably my upbringing, to be honest. I wasn't a Christian until my early 20s. Um, Something that happened a long time ago when I was 17, I'm nearly 48 now. I found myself in a situation where I got charged with assault and I was facing a maximum sentence of two and a half years at the time and I was scared to death as a 17-year-old kid. Staring down the barrel of potentially going to prison for that time scared the daylights out of me. And just my upbringing, um, seeing a lot of criminal activity, um, wasn't really part of any much of it, but sort of saw a lot of it. Um, Certainly was into certainly violence and all that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, uh, just can appreciate how simple it is for someone to end up in jail. I could tell you stories. for hours that like people leaving leading you know family lives make one tiny stupid mistake one day, and then it steamrolls in into a prison sentence. I've seen it time and time and time again. And when you find yourself in
0: behind bars and you're talking to a lot of inmates and they've all got some of them pretty dreadful stories to tell, the way that they've found their way to the position they have, no doubt there's a lot of regrets. No doubt there's a lot of, I should have done something a different way. How does that all work out when they're, when they're trying to work through why they're sitting there in prison?
1: Uh, uh, depression and despair and lack of hope. <laughs> Three real simple words to explain it. And, uh, yeah, you do see it quite often. And you just, you be there, you listen, and you just care for them and you just love them. There's a lot of guys that I think, in my opinion, not that it counts for much, should not be in prison. They've just done something really silly. There's a I can think of a young fella just recently, um, a lot of speeding tickets, and he's in jail over speeding tickets. You know, obviously, he's not learning his lesson, but you know, does he really need to go to jail? Uh, not for me to decide, obviously, but you know, there's there's guys that have been charged with assault, and I can think of one young fella. You know, he, he just. He's not your typical prisoner. He had a contract with a certain NRL club. He was just, he got the contract, was signed. He was out celebrating with his friends. Fight breaks out. He gets charged with assault, grievous bodily harm, protested his innocence. They couldn't find the CCTV footage for for whatever reason. Eventually it showed up, and sure enough, he had nothing to do with it, got released. He ended up doing, I think it was about six months of a, of a three-, four-year sentence, lost his contract and has to start all over again. And he was so angry and so frustrated. And how can you not feel sorry for somebody like that who was wrongly convicted? Interestingly
0: here, Sean, clearly there's going to be some people in prison and there might be a question mark over whether they should have been convicted or not. And some magistrates made that decision and, and they found themselves in jail. Others are in jail, though, and they've committed the most horrendous crimes, uh, things that make your stomach churn. And I wonder whether you've got a thought or two when you're the chaplain and you're there to be a pastoral care to prisoners, if it's harder to love those who've committed horrendous crimes.
1: And some are unapologetic. And quite frankly, they deserve to be there and society needs to be protected from people like that. I could tell you dozens and dozens of stories, like one particular, um, one just recent one. Like I thought I've heard it all. I like to think my skin's pretty thick and cope with a fair bit. But what I heard from this one guy, I broke down crying. His life of physical and sexual abuse was beyond beyond belief, I could obviously not repeat it, but I couldn't believe what, no wonder the guy was in jail he had no hope, he hates he doesn't understand love, he's had a multitude of relationships over a dozen kids to different women and he said, you know all the these women were beautiful they were lovely people, but I wrecked it because I didn't, I don't understand love I don't know what it means to love someone, and another guy got, he found some, he, he found a guy, he found a guy that abused him when he was younger and he ties him up. He, he follows him home, ties him up, goes to work on him, wants the guy to apologise. That's all he said he wanted. He said, I wasn't looking for revenge. All I wanted was an apology. But call me naive, but the way he explained it and the time that I spent with him, I actually believe his story. And obviously I said, look, obviously you can't condone that sort of behaviour, kidnapping and, and serious assault. The guy got attempted murder, he's in for fifteen to life. But some part of you just has to somewhat appreciate as brutal as this may sound, but this is the world that we live in and, and things like this go on, you know, you could understand why that kid wanted an apology.
0: And of course you're there as a chaplain, not necessarily to make your own moral judgments, although you're listening to the stories. And those stories will be believable stories, and sometimes they might not be believable stories. But (laughs) in some sense here, you've got to maybe separate yourself from the story and any sort of moral judgment and actually look through a lens of Jesus. How do you do that when you're the chaplain and you're coming across all sorts of stories, be they true, be they not, but to be able to look through a lens of Jesus into the life of a prisoner?
1: It is difficult, but I I remind myself of what Scripture says. At the end of the day, we all make judgments. We judge people listening right now, judging what we're talking about. We all make judgments, but it depends on whether you act upon those judgments with your words and actions. Because obviously, you can't. And I just remind people of uh, one of Paul. You know, the Apostle Paul, Romans three twenty three: For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And I use that scripture on a regular basis. It is one of my favorites, certainly my favorite book of the Bible. And it reminds me of all of our fallen state. We've all sinned and fall short of God's glory. So what right do I have to say your crime is worse than mine? I don't. Because in God's sight, we're all equal. We're all fallen creatures. And that's the way that helps me talk with these guys and i reiterate that to them i said i'm not i can't judge you I, you know i've done more than enough to to be in jail you know when i was growing up so how how could i possibly in good conscience make a judgment call on anyone else when in actual fact we're all the same well you made a decision and you
0: pursued the pathway that brought you to become a prison chaplain i know you had some dreams about going into jails and being on a frontline ministry when you were wondering what to do with yourself. How did that training happen that got you into a pathway to become a prison chaplain?
1: Well, like I shared with with you before, Neil, the the friend of mine asked me if I'd considered being a chaplain. I just blew him off completely. I said, no, and then God gave me dreams, going to jail, going to jail, going to jail, going to jail. So I thought, okay, God, is this what you're actually asking me to do? Is this this frontline work that you're calling me to do. And so I went through the process and it took a long time because of my history. There was, there was a lot of, lot of uh, things that got in the way of that. And, and but eventually, 404 days, 11 hours and 52 minutes. And yes, I did Google it. I got my yellow ID card and I got to walk into the jail and, and talk with people. If anyone needs to know who Jesus is, it's these guys. Because so many of them have no hope whatsoever. And honestly, my heart has been broken so many times hearing their stories, the horrific past, and I am not at all surprised they are where they are. And it's a generational thing as well. I can remember a guy just not even a month ago. He said, he's in jail, my dad's in jail, my grandfather's in jail. And I thought, how sad is that? And he somewhat wore it like a badge of honour, which I very gently uh, tried to convince
0: him that it certainly wasn't. Well, Sean Marsh, great getting your insights today. And there'll be people listening saying, well, I've been looking to do something on the front lines too. Perhaps the Karinity Inside Out Prison Chaplaincy Service might be a way that people can find a way into serving God in prison. There's also a Carinity Chaplains Appeal that's on right now, helping to fund the work of Inside Out Prison Chaplains in 14 correctional centres across the state of Queensland. It's an outreach of Queensland Baptists. And for listeners who want to connect, carinity.org.au. Carinity.org.au. And that's where you'll be able to find out about the chaplaincy service and about the current appeal and make a donation. Sean Marsh. Thanks so much for taking some time to share your thoughts with us today on 2020. No worries, Neil.
1: Appreciate your time as well. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.